What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Jim Howard. He is the president and CEO of Biosense. Biosense is this new, uh, it's, a, it's a breathalyzer for ketones. There's a bunch of different breathalyzers on the market right now, but this one is legit. They were at the Metabolic Health Summit. They had a booth set up. I went and used it several times. Uh, they were kind enough to send me a device. I've been tracking it this entire week, and I'm really impressed with it thus far. It syncs with Heads Up Health. It syncs with all my other data, data, so I can have all this information at my fingertips, which I'm a huge fan of because I'm all about the data. Now, this podcast, like all podcasts, are not sponsored. I'm not getting any kickback from Jim or Biosense. I just like the device. I believe in the company. I like what they're doing. They hooked me up with a discount code to give to y'all. The discount code is SAVAGE, and that's going to save you 20 bucks at mybiosense.com. I don't get any kickback from that. I gave my portion of the kickback back to the company because I believe in what they're doing, and I feel like what they're creating is something that could potentially help lots of people, and that's what it's all about. So without further ado, sit back, relax, enjoy this podcast with Jim Howard, learn something about testing your breath ketones, and enjoy. And we are live. Jim, how are you, sir? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for for being here. I'm excited about this because you are the CEO and founder of Biosense, which is the uh, the breathalyzing testing device that I've been using this whole past week. So I want to kind of dive into that and flesh that out in great detail for the audience here. Okay. But before we do that, I want to kind of get into your backstory, man. Like why why ketone why ketone meters why why the ketogenic diet? Like what brought you here in the first place? Yeah, at a, at a personal level, my wife initially was involved. She's a cancer survivor. She was losing some some baby weight type of thing. Uh, ketogenic diet was very successful with her. And then um, really, I was just kind of helping her find a way that she could test multiple times per day, you know, so she wasn't getting false positives. And then I, I adopted the diet myself, the protocol for inflammation purposes, um, you know, for running uh, bad knees, you know, you hear that a lot and it helped immensely. So, um, I have a background in, in the, uh, with a number of technologies in the, in the hospital space, including, uh, some of the respiratory devices out there. And I was looking for really a, a way that we could overlay that experience with technology that would support the ketogenic diet. So I, I was really fortunate to meet two geniuses that had developed this and were, were in the process of doing research on the device and that would happen. They started working on this about two and a half years ago. So I met them a year ago, one thing led to another um, and I became the CEO of the company and we built built the company Readout Health around the Biosense technology and then just commercialized it. Gotcha, gotcha. So you kind of fell into the diet itself just like as a default way to improve your own health, having heard about it from your wife's benefits, you know, how, how long ago was that? A couple of years prior to the, the yeah, company? Yeah. About a year and a half ago is when I really uh, dove into the lower carb diet, not necessarily the ketogenic diet, but but certainly one that was similar that would be creating ketones. So my ketone levels were low, hers were higher, and then ultimately we just adopted the same diet when I got involved with this project. Gotcha. So, and it's our lifestyle for forever. <laughs> so. Well, I met y'all at the uh, the Metabolic Health Summit this year. It was like the only conference that didn't get canceled due to the virus, and y'all were Y'all were just slammed with people at your booth trying to get more information about this thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was our clinical launch, and the the device itself had a very warm reception, and we had 300 and 
20 people test uh, the device. So high level of accuracy. A lot of people compared it to BHB measurements. And, and we, you know, we, we, I think it was positioned very well for that academic audience. And, uh, but it's a consumer device as well as a clinical and academic device. Gotcha, gotcha. I want to talk about the, the, the clinical trials that have taken place on this because this, this is the only ketone device that has had this degree of clinical trial testing, right? That's right. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, you know, this is a basis of this. Uh, I, I think in the, especially in the consumer world, when people think about breath acetone or a device that checks breath, as, uh, ketones in your breath, they think of, well, it's kind of like urine strips. It's just not very accurate. And, and that is the truth. That's how it's been in the past. So um, lab measurements using mass spec or uh, gas chromatography, chromatography, for example, are good ways that you can do that in a lab, but there's not a portable way that a consumer or a patient could use this. So, so the, the, the trial that we did was really to, to prove that there was a strong correlation throughout the day of breath acetone to BHB, and um, which the majority of consumers are using either urine uh, strips or they're using BHB uh, capillary draws. So those are kind of the devices that most folks use. So we, we had a trial in St. Louis with 22 subjects over a two-week period they prick their finger five times a day using the Abbott uh, Precision X-ray device, which was we found to be the most accurate uh, one out there. So um, based on that, then they would take three breath measurement measurements. So over the course of 14 days, that resulted in over 1,300 data points and led to a paper uh, that's under peer review right now. It was just published. So that's that's really the basis of the technology. And we proved a couple really interesting things, quite frankly. Uh, one of which probably logical, but people don't think about it all that much. I certainly didn't was, um, was the fact that, you know, multiple measurements per day are needed. And how do we know that? We know that because when someone gets up in the morning from a 12 hour fast, or maybe, you know, just eight hours of sleep and fast, um, their ketone levels are going to be different than what they are later in the day. So the, mm-hmm. the clinical trial showed that a morning measurement, for example, the majority of subjects in the trial were more than 50% away from their time-weighted average ketone levels. So if you just say your average ketone levels versus your morning measurement, way off. So it's a really poor reflection of what your ketogenic personal journey is. And um, so really need about three to five measurements, regardless of what device you have. So ours, or if you use it, one of the uh, capillary blood draw devices. So that, that was one thing that we proved. Um, and with those multiple measurements per day, this is where the difference in the product uh, really stems from is we showed that through our patented technology of deep lung sampling, which is using just the last bit of your, of your uh, breath, and that's where your highest concentrations are of, of compounds, using just that breath, the end of your breath sample, the correlation to BHP was very, very, very high. So it was a 0.83 coefficient of variation. So that's the clinical grade. And so when you see the the material about a medical grade device, that uh, it stems from that research. So other devices out there that were breath ketone devices, they're not using a deep lung sample. They're not closed systems, meaning they're just sampling the air around you. And there's just a lot of limitations in how that could be used, certainly not in a clinical you know, in a clinical way. So, so we, we brought this to market just in uh, at the end of, I guess, right at the end of uh, January, right at MHS, Metabolic Health Summit. 
Well, I've been just blown away with how how easy to use it is. Like I I tried the level device and not to talk down about them by any means, but it's it's just a larger device that's cumbersome and I was I was getting all these crazy readings with just a lot of inconsistencies. But with y'all's, it, it just worked right out of the box, and it syncs up with Heads Up Health, which is what I use to track all my metrics. Like it pulls in all my macros, my it syncs with my scale, so I can get my daily weigh-in, and now I can sync that up with uh, BioSense, the, the the breathalyzing device that y'all are putting out. So everything's all in one place. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great, and I think that especially something like uh, Heads Up Health, where you're you're tracking information all day. You know, the biohacker crowd loves to, to have multiple measurements. So, you know, whether it's, a, you know, continuous glucose monitor or our device, which is multiple measurements per day, you know, you want to have all that in one place. So, so that's, it's, it's perfect for that community. But, but even in the weight loss side, you might have some listeners that are really focused on, on the ketogenic diet or, or other protocols where you're going into ketosis through caloric restriction, like fasting or whatever that is. You, you have to have feedback through the day if you want to have adherence to a protocol. And that's the difficult thing. You know, if someone's just pricking their finger once a day, you're just not going to get that feedback to drive behavior and you're not going to get the outcomes that you want. So it's a struggle for some, but yeah. So the, the breathalyzing devices are, are definitely the newest and, and probably least known on the market currently. Most people are familiar with the urine strips, which if they've been adapted for any length of time, they know that they don't really show an accurate reflection of their their level of ketosis. And the blood tests, you know, they're they're great, but they have their own limitations as well. With regard to kind of comparing the blood test and the breathalyzer, is there are they pretty well correlated? Or are there any instances where like you might see an an inverted correlation between the the breath and the blood? Yeah, that's that's actually a very good question. I think in, in general. It depends on the person, obviously. So the correlation, any spot correlation, meaning like just once a day, you're checking your blood versus your breath. Most people, it's pretty close. Like our device would be 10 times what your millimolar would be. So if you're 1.0 millimolar, you'll have a 10 aces mm-hmm. on our device. So most people are pretty strong. So sometimes the correlation throughout the day, and this is all on our website and in our trial paper, um, we expose that some people are very, very close. Some, a lot of people tend to be a little bit delayed in breath ketones than blood ketones. So um, it, it, it depends. The one area where it's going to be, they're going to go in different directions is exercise. So if you're exercising, you could have an increase. Typically, you'd have an increase in your breath ketones, whereas um, you're going to have less circulating blood ketones circulating in your body. Uh, so use them when you're working out with uh, and doing a BHP check. So there's the two areas. So I think that, you know, certainly for exercise, it, the argument would be that, that breath is a superior methodology of, of tracking that. Gotcha. And that, that's that's kind of honestly the, the main thing that's got me fascinated by, you know, as an athlete, um, you know, trying to compare that. Because like I would take a blood test, you know, shortly after training or after a cardio session, and I would notice a pretty significant dip. In, in the blood ketones, and then I was also wearing a CGM at the time, so I noticed a corresponding spike uh, in blood glucose, you know, post-training for about like 30-minute window post-training, and I've been playing around with the, the breathalyzer just this past week, so I don't have a ton of data, but it, it seems that I noticed much higher readings within about that 30-minute to one-hour, uh, you know, post-training window. Right, right. So, you know, you're, you have dynamic ketones like many people do, 
And, um, and that's the key thing. So you want to be tracking this after your workout track before and after a meal to see exactly what the impact at a meal level is, as opposed to just once a day. And then yeah, certainly that extends to ketone elevation in a state of fasting. So fasting ketosis or, um, you know, that's a, a, a good way to also use the device to is checking that every hour or so to see if you get your, that level of ketosis that's ideal for autophagy or whatever your target is. There's one train of thought out there that, that suggests that the longer you're adapted, the lower your blood ketones are going to trend because your body just gets more efficient at uptaking those ketone bodies into the cells. So they're, they're not going to be in the bloodstream to be you know, measured via a blood test. Do you notice any uh, correlation there with like length of adaptation and, and the readouts on the breathalyzer? I, you know, I, since the product's just in the market, I think that we'd need a lot more data, you know, from our, you know, hundreds and thousands of, of users to, that we anticipate having here in the, in the next year. But it's it just t time will tell. But, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of different things for our upcoming clinical trials and evaluating information like that with some of our clinical partners. But that's that's an interesting one right there. So from like a clinical standpoint, because most of your, uh, you know, direct work has been done in the hospitals, right? In the clinical settings, not so much in the consumer sector. What, what are you seeing like just, a, you know, into the future? What do you expect? What are, your, what are you excited about, I guess, as far as the company is concerned? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a fun idea to think about, actually, <laughs> is, you know, the company started the, the project with Tim and Matt Ratto, the two founders. Uh, Tim in the Bay Area is a, is a breath expert, a sensing expert. Um, and, and Matt Rad is at the University of Toronto and the twin brothers. When they when we first started working on the project and I got involved, you know, we were working with a very large virtual clinic treating diabetes and uh, as, a, as a way to kind of fill a technology gap. Um, but the fact of the matter is the majority of the patients right now being treated with nutritional ketosis, you know, be it neurological disorders or obesity or. Uh, diabetes, they're consumers. They're, so really, it's 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 a unique space that we're in is that, yes, we're clinically oriented. We have a medical grade product that focuses on chronic diseases. But there's a lot of people that have that fit that bill. They're, they're consumers, though, meaning that, you know, maybe the clinician saying, hey, just you need to go get something to check your ketones and they're on their own. So so we I think the, the future holds for us is that our technology, our core technology that's patented allows us to bring other devices to market that use breath sampling. And there are a number of those out there right now, but none of them can have that high level of accuracy that only comes with the deep lung sampling technology that we have. So that's, that's the secret sauce that we crack the code on. And um, yeah, so this, this could extend to other chronic diseases too. So you're talking about applications outside of just testing for ketones then, right? Yes. So, like, what are some what are some examples of that? Because I'm I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to anything outside yeah, of the ketogenic so, Yeah, this, so there's other there's a lot of other devices that could you know device applications methane, hydrogen, carbon dioxide, for, uh, you know CO for um, for smoking cessation as an example. So there's a lot of applications, and, and there are some devices out there. They're they're not going to be have that level of accuracy that we have, but. Um, those are areas that we could focus on if we choose to, but I think, you know, other areas that we're really looking at right now is a deep, deep understanding of the psychological side of this, the behavioral aspect of weight management protocols and beefing that up too. So we're, we're spending a lot of time on looking at, at the, the various options that we have to expand 
you know, and, and touch on a lot of different areas, not just keto levels. That that brings a, an interesting scenario to the table too, because I feel like a large, I mean, I think honestly, if you look at obesity, so much of it stems from like the psychological aspect of, you know, food consumption and one's outlook and perception of food as this reward, uh, you know, feedback loop that becomes this negative feedback loop. I feel though that if they had a tech, like a method such as testing their, their breath ketones that was giving them, you know, real time instant feedback as to, you know, this, this response to what they're putting into their body that may be enough to kind of sway them against, you know, overindulging in a, in a certain food that's not going to bring them closer to, towards a healthier nutritional path, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a little bit of a big brother thing where you've got a device that's, you know, fits in the palm of your hand and weighs just a couple ounces. And you know that that's going to give you your level of fat burn right there all day long. If you wanted to, you know, 20 times a day, unlimited measurements, right? It's not like you're paying for each measurement. When you have that feedback and, and maybe let's use that example as an obese patient. Um, it's really tough. You know, the majority of those patients at an obesity clinic, they are, they've been trying everything, everything, everything. And then nothing ever really works because they're using a scale. You know, they've got water weight that's fluctuating. They don't feel great about themselves. And it's just difficult. And I think a lot of the physicians just kind of give up on it. Like, hey, here's medication for your diabetes. Here's a protocol that you should try. And do you really believe it's going to work again? Because nothing has in the past. But if you could have some, some type of tool, we're one of them. There's others, other protocols too. You have a tool that's giving you feedback all day long. And maybe just your first step is, I need to get my ketones up and get into a state of fat burn. You know, it might take three days to lose a pound. That's fine. You get these numbers. It becomes a little addictive. Like, hey, I want to check again. I want to check again. And, and, and people can then start to design their behavior to, to do what results in, in that ketone elevation. And they will see results from that. You know, as we all know, if, you've, if you're in ketosis and you're getting that type of feedback, you're going to burn fat, especially if you're on the ketogenic diet or, or some of the other ones that are, you know, uh, put you well into ketosis. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the idea of having uh, the ability to track metrics outside the scale weight alone. I feel like, you know, people villainize the scale, which I don't think is right either. I mean, it's just giving you a number, um, you know, need to embrace that and then act upon it accordingly. But having metrics outside the scale, you know, just gives you more more of an arsenal to work with. Um, do, do you notice any any correlation with regard to uh, the consumption of exogenous ketones, like, you know, if I take in ketone salts or ketone esters, I see a pretty su- substantial spike in my blood ketones. Is that also going to hold true with the breathalyzer? It, it can, but, you know, the one thing, if you take BHB, uh, BHB keto, exogenous ketones, it's going to be a little longer than it would probably be with blood, you know, because it's BHB. Um, yeah, so you're going to get the same type of elevation. Um, you know, I, I particularly, I don't respond that well to to those. I respond better to fat, higher fat intake, like your keto brick that I've been chomping on all week. <laughs> nice. But it, uh, you know, but everyone's a little bit different. So, yeah. I'm curious, man. Have you noticed just since you've been playing around with the keto brick? Has have you noticed any corresponding increase in your uh, ACE levels? Yeah, I have. And, and, you know, I'm one of those people that can't find enough fat. You try to fit it in and, uh, and I got to be really careful about that for, so I don't lose weight. Um, 
And I, I've been noticing that throughout the week. I've been checking my ketones with the keto brick. And certainly there's, it, it's provided that balance where it's a more reliable elevated ketone as opposed to me forgetting about that fat intake because I just can't find the right food. So, so I found that it's a kind of a reliable way to, to really stabilize my ketone targets with that highly accessible and very taste. And there's not a commercial here, but I'm just saying it tastes really good. So that was the problem of having too much, but to answer your question. Yes. It's, I, I found it very helpful for me. Well, good, good. It's interesting, you know, whether it comes from the keto brick or not, I feel like people that eat a, a higher fat version of keto, cause now there's like a million different versions of keto. Um, whereas in the beginning it was just pretty much cut and dry, but a lot of people, will argue that if you're eating a lot of dietary fats, you're going to have these higher ketone levels, but it's going to inhibit your body's ability to burn stored fat, you know, adipose tissue. But so many people, there's so much context that needs to be brought to the light there. There's a lot of people that are just starting the ketogenic diet, and they're not coming from a high-fat protocol, and then they drastically cut their fat intake because they hear some keto guru saying that, but then their body's not yet adapted to using and burning body fat. So you kind of have to learn and adapt yourself to the higher fat ratio prior to, uh, you know, prioritizing that, that stored body fat loss, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't recommend, you know, the very high, highest fat diet for that cardiology patient. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of those right now being treated with nutritional ketosis as well. Um, you know, the heart's ability and the brain's ability to use that source of energy so efficiently. Um, but yeah, it's to each his own. I'm curious, man, with you kind of interacting so much in the clinical setting, what's, what is the vibe that you're picking up on? Like, as it relates to the future of keto in the first place, like I got an interesting perspective as an influencer in the space and as a you know content creator, but I'm curious to see kind of what your, your perspective is and what you're picking up on just based off of, you know, listening and talking and interacting with people in the clinical setting. Yeah, well, it's probably the impact of, of all of you folks out there in the consumer world that like people are talking about it so much that, you know, at some point, these clinicians are going to hear it from their patients, like so many patients that, hey, I'm on the ketogenic diet, look at the impact on diabetes or obesity, they have to listen. So, you know, a lot of our engagement, well, I can break it our engagement in two different groups. The first one is, is the academic setting. So we work with uh, big pharma and We've got three other clinical trials starting at academic centers where that is nutritional ketosis um, targeting a specific chronic disease. Uh, we've got two upcoming in cancer. Uh, one is uh, another one in obesity. And, and they're just they have to have some non-invasive, highly accurate way to do this. Um, that's portable. So we're the only device that checks those boxes. So the other side of this is the in-clinic use. And we've got clinics like 3Health up in Washington State um, and a number of other ones that have been contacting us in the past few weeks. We're starting to get set up. Um, and that works out really well, especially with Heads Up Health integration. But that allows us to you know, provide for their you know, remote patients or patients that are starting to come back now because of COVID, um, you know, the, the restrictions being lifted. It allows them to have feedback from their patients to know exactly what the fat burn level is in their patients. So if you think about that, like taking a, a one measurement per day, is not very helpful for a clinic. You don't know what's happening to your patient. So if you can see that there's trends throughout the day 
and then coach appropriately. And this really hits spot on for coaches, ketogenic coaches too, is if you can see that throughout the day and look at these trends, you really can address some of the behaviors that might be causing, you know, some of the issues, if it's weight gain or, or whatever it is. Um, but you have to have that information, no data, no action. So that's, that's where we sit. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, for me, I am very much data driven, data oriented. And I feel like there's two trains of thought there. Like so many people are, you know, quick to say that you just need to not look at any numbers, not track any metrics, not track your macros, not track your intake, your caloric expenditure, anything, and then just be totally intuitive with it. And I think if you're going to be intuitive, the ketogenic diet is great for that because it allows you to kind of tap into what your body's giving you as feedback without having to rely so heavily on the numbers. But at the same time, if there's a specific goal that you're trying to reach and you're not there yet, turning a blind eye to that, that data is just ignorance and stupidity, in my opinion. You're, you're right. You know, a good example of that is in fasting, um, where, you know, everyone's doing intermittent fasting seemingly, at least on the coast. You and I live in the Midwest. We don't see it that much in our, mm -hmm. in our friends and family, but um, certainly it's, it's very, very popular on the coast. And um, it, interestingly, there's, hey, my, I'm going to do a 36-hour fast, or I'm doing X. But why, why 36 versus 30? What's the point of that? And if you think about it, it's like I'm trying to get my body into a position where there's either going to be cell regeneration or whatever that is. Autophagy is my is my number one target. Well, that comes with a level of ketosis, not necessarily just ours. So mm -hmm. how, how but it's ours because how else are you going to tell? Are you going to prick your finger every 30 minutes to see those elevations? And you see some people doing that, you know, um, but yeah, it's it. You, you want to have that feedback, and you want to be able to be able to react to it. Well, it gives you. I mean, it gives you a leg to stand on. Like, I feel like so many of these psychological, uh, you know, eating disorders and just you know negative relationships with you know training and fasting and all of it really is just a result of you know uncertainty. And if you at least have the numbers, you have the the data, then you can see what is positive, what is negative as a result of your stimulus, your input, and then you can adjust accordingly like like i always tell my clients you know don't get mad at the scale like it's just telling you what 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 feedback has been given based off of the manipulations and the levers we pull we we don't look at that as good or bad information it's just simply information then you can adjust accordingly exactly and you gotta watch out for that scale because if you're building muscle mass obviously and you're you're losing um you're losing fat burning fat you're not necessarily going to be losing weight Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a time in my life, man, where I was, I was ecstatic whenever I saw that scale go up. Like every, every time I saw another pound on there, I'm like, man, I'm just getting jacked. But <laughs> it was probably a lot more body fat than I wanted to admit, but that's what I thought at the time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, very cool, man. I'm definitely excited about what you got going on here with the, with the company, with the product. Cause like I said, this is not a sponsored podcast by any means, but I believe in what you're doing because it's it has so many direct applications to both the clinical setting and the consumer side. And for me as a performance athlete, like it just gives me a lot of information that I would not normally have, and it gives it to me in a different different light than I'm getting from just a you know a blood test or a urine test. And the fact that it does integrate with you know heads up health, so I'm getting all my macro data in there, all my exercise that in there, like it just gives me a lot of information and I'm a freak about information. Yeah. Yeah. It also integrates with Senza chronometer life 
extend and life fasting. So there's a number of other ways that you can um, use whatever apps that you currently do. Is there any other like what what generation of the 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 BioSense product are we on now? Is this like pretty much first generation? Yeah, there's. I mean, we have made dozens and dozens of enhancements since our launch uh, based on user feedback. Um, you know, it's Bluetooth enabled with an app. So, you know, we've, we've made this as easy as possible. So it's, I would say it's still the primary uh, version one, but on software, we're constantly upgrading that to make it really, really easy. So I, that's the, that's the key component. I do have a question and I got you on here. Um, yeah. So I've got my device, I've got it synced up with all of my, you know, wearables and tracking and whatnot. Is there a way that I can have other people like my wife, for instance, have her test it and then it not add to my data? Yes, there is a, a delete measurement feature. So this is a, you know, it's a single user device. However, if you want to share it with, with your fan, that we get that request a lot. You know, hey, my wife and I are both on this or my husband. Um, yes, you can delete your, form, your most recent measurements. So it's not going to mess with the trends that it's showing you. And, you know, everything's about the trend. The value of the device is to show your ketone level trends. So it won't impact that. Gotcha, gotcha. That's good to know because I have I've had her want the the try it, but I've pushed her away until I had you on the podcast and I could ask you that. <laughs> yeah, you can do that, and then you can share it too. I mean, there's a sharing feature. You know, if you're not using an integrated system like Heads Up Health, you can you know certainly uh, just click a couple buttons on there, and there's you know share your measurements by day, by week. You know, with a health coach. Um, you know, if the coach is just not is only focusing on ketones. Um, but that's a pretty cool thing that a lot of the clinical community seems to, to like as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is there like a recommended, you know, 24 hour protocol as far as like wake up, test, train, test? Like if you were to test, you know, five to 10 times a day, what are the, the recommended times two tests? Is one better than the other, in your opinion? Yeah. I think in a very general way, it'd be, you know, personally, we, I think publicly we say three to four measurements a day. The more measurements you have, the better your curve, just the more resolution on it. So I, I would say, you know, before breakfast, you know, mid-morning, um, after, you know, hour after lunch type of thing, and then, um, you know, an evening measurement to before you go to bed. So, again, four or five a day is pretty good. It just really depends on people's schedules. And I saw in the directions it's, it recommended not testing uh, during the same, you know, 24-hour or eight hour block of drinking alcohol. I'm assuming that if you have a blood alcohol content, that's also going to show on the, the breathalyzer as I guess it's going to be picked up as a ketone reading, right? Yeah. It could, it could really show elevated measurements. So what you want to do with uh, alcohol, take your, you know, if you're going out on a Friday night for a few beers or, or, uh, or wine, whatever that is, just take your measurement before that and then wait till the next day. Now, gotcha. if you're, you know, if you have a lot of alcohol in your breath the next day, I mean, you're, you're indulging significantly, it's going to impact that too. So, um, but normal, you know, normal consumption, you're fine. Just make sure you do it beforehand. And on that topic, if you're not even drinking, like if you just are deeply adapted, you're doing like a week-long fast or something, and you get popped and, and tested from a police officer for driving and drinking, you would also pop on their breathalyzers, will you not? It's it's possible. I've heard that. I mean, I have not done testing with a an alcohol, <laughs> like a professional grade one, but there's a big company in St. Louis here. We should probably check that. They're the, the number one manufacturer of those is here. So I'll ask them to, to do a test. 
Well, shoot, man, I could see I could see police officers carrying around this biosense device here in the future. Yeah, we're we're thinking about this as a <laughs> as a way of getting out of that too. I don't know. There's a lot of I don't want to go down the legal path of this conversation. <laughs> well, shoot, man, the sky's the limit. <laughs> the sky's the limit. Yeah. Well, awesome, Jim. Um, I don't want to keep you on here too long. You got you got more biosense products to make and lives to change. But where can people go to find out more about you and and the product and get one if they're interested? Yeah, so you can find that information at mybiosense.com. And there'll be all of our researches on there and, and how we work with clinicians and such. So mybiosense.com. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, to working with some of your readers too and awesome. listeners. Well, I will certainly link out to that. I feel like my audience would be all about tracking more data for sure. Great. Thank you for the time, sir. And I'll keep in touch. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>